We're in a series called All Things New. Um, we're talking about just that, the renewal of all things. We, we spent some time really looking at, at a lot of different topics, but Revelation 21 is where we spent some time talking about uh, new heaven and new earth and what that means. And I said, you know, throughout the scripture is this picture of heaven coming down to earth that happens in Genesis and the garden is a picture of heaven and earth coming together and uh, God dwelling with his people and then the fall comes and messes that up, but then you see it again happening after the Exodus with the tabernacle. There's a place where once again heaven and earth meet, and then and then that gets transitioned into the temple. When the temple is built, heaven and earth meet, but then the temple is destroyed, and there's really no place where heaven and earth meet again until Jesus shows up. That's why he starts talking about um, that. You know, if you tear this temple down, I'll put it back in three days. Jesus is the temple, uh, fully God, fully man, a place where heaven. And earth meet once again. We have that, and then, you know, death, crucifixion, resurrection, uh, and then Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. And now we're uh, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Heaven and earth meet again in us. Uh, all of those are a picture of the ultimate, which is Revelation 21 at the end of the book, when it talks about at the very end, at the renewal of all things, the restoration of all things. Heaven comes down to earth. The two are together, and that's how this whole thing runs out from then on. That's eternity. We we sometimes. I've said we had the emphasis on the wrong syllable, where we sort of think of heaven as the end point, but there's more to it than that. There's this whole story of, of the end, of, of, of actually the renewal of all things. It's about getting back to the very beginning, that we're, we're back in relationship with God the way he always intended for us to dwell with him and then be on this earth and go and do the things that he calls us to do on the earth. So life is an adventure. It's full of hope because of those things. It's, it's more than, than we've imagined. And my encouragement has been to use your holy imaginations to dig in what that looks like in the process. So we've talked about new creation and new life and, and all sorts of ideas. Then last week we again started talking about the renewal of our minds. And that, that, that's really where we need to spend some time. Because when we come to know Jesus, we're new creations. We have new hearts and new spirits. But our minds aren't regenerated and they need to catch up to everything that's going on. And that's what the Holy Spirit helps us with. And that's what we're going to talk about today in this short time that we have together. So that's the intro. Bad joke time. Oh, I recently read the book Great Expectations. It wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. It's a real book. Don't spell part backwards. It's a trap. A priest, a minister, and a rabbit walk into a bar. The bartender looks at them and says, I think I've spotted a typo. That's funny. Come on, that's classic. Really? I thought that was the best of the group. Apologies to the visitor. Scripture reading. Here we go. Ephesians 4, 19 through 24. We ended with this one last week. I wanted you to think about it again. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness 
and holiness. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So we, we finished up with that, and I said that that's the picture where new creations, but sometimes we sort of put on uh, this, this old type of who we are over this brand new creation that we are, and Paul is telling us, no, you need to be changed in the attitude of your minds, to be made new in the attitudes of our mind. And so we're talking about then the renewing of our minds, and I'm going to pick that idea up again. So um, last week, if you were here, I said that what happens oftentimes is we get sidetracked in our, in our walk with Jesus because we we're, we're sort of spend our time wrestling against our own flesh instead of recognizing that it's actually a spiritual battle that we're engaged in. And, and so we, we have this idea of um, we sort of spend a lot of time preoccupied by sin. We don't realize the victory that we've had over it in Christ and, and that we don't need to um, um, be wrestling with that. We just need to be changed in the ring of our mind and realize that why we keep getting into those battles is because we have a very real enemy who wants us to get stuck there so that we don't understand the, the amazing full life that he's come for us to have. And so we, we need to start looking at um, that part of our life and understand that it's a battle and that, that we need to go to battle against that, but not in our flesh. It's not that. It's, it's yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's learning to trust Him and, and asking Him to help to change and to renew our minds. So here's what Paul says about that in Philippians 3, 12 uh, through 16. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already um, arrived at my goal, But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too will God, God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. See, Paul sees himself there. He talks about it there. He sees him growing into the ability to be true to what God's already given him. The idea of who he is. And so God has already made him a new creation. And so to live that out, he, he's made a pursuit of forgetting the way that he used about things in order so he could get a brand new perspective on how he's supposed to look things, which he says God reveals to us as we need it. So, so that's the picture. He, he says, you know, I want to forget about how I used to do things. I, I want to know now the, the new way that God has created me to do things and how he wants me to live. And, and I get that he's going to show me how to do that. Now, oftentimes, if you read that, you might sort of ask yourself, well, what is it then? What do I have to do to renew our mind? I keep saying it. What is it that I have to do? Am I supposed to spend every moment of every day constantly monitoring every thought and trying to correct each one? Or, or should I just be all day long confessing scripture after scripture after scripture? And, and the reality is, while it's certainly a good idea to pay attention to your thoughts, and it's a good idea to confess scripture, um, Here's the thing about the renewal of your mind. It's not something that you can do in your own strength. It's something that the Holy Spirit does for us. And so so that's the idea of what we have to go to. Now, don't get me wrong. In the process, you should be checking your thoughts 
And you absolutely should be spending time in the scripture. And, you know, I, I give you all sorts of scriptures that you can use in different situations. And you should have memorized some that you go to. You know, I always tell you my go to most of the time is Philippians 4, 6. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That you should have a handful of scripture that are just there like that. So... When you get a week like this week where the entire world seems to be on edge, that you can go, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. See, that's it. We, we should have that. But the way that our mind is ultimately renewed is by yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's just cooperating with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's tuning in to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Look, look at what uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So you tracking with me so far? So only you sort of know your own thoughts and what's going on inside of you. I can't tell you what your thoughts are. But just like that, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So that... We may understand what God has freely given us. There's a powerful thing that happens in that passage. I I hope you see what Paul is saying there. He says that we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit knows God's thoughts. The Holy Spirit knows God's mindset. And what he does is he teaches us to think the way that God thinks. Remember last week I said we're to have the mind of Christ, Philippians 2, 5. Well, it's the Holy Spirit who does that. He, he, he unpacks our understanding, if you would, of, of what it means to be this new creation that God has made us to be. And, and it's a reality that's already occurred, but we don't understand everything that it means yet, nor do we know how to live it out. But the Spirit knows all these things, and He loves to change the way that we see and think about things in this world. He, he loves to take the things of the Father and the Son and to make them known to us. He's the Spirit of truth. I know that you've heard that. And He's here to guide us into all truth. John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. See, this is powerful understanding of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. He, he speaks what he hears and he tells us what's going to happen. And, and as I said, we can't grow ourselves as believers. But what we do is we learn to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit's doing so that he can grow us. And, and how cool is it that, that Paul says just those words, that the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God and he wants to teach us. What the mind of God is. He wants to change us. He wants to help us get caught up to everything that's happened. He wants us to understand what it means to be a new creation and how we begin to live that now. That's not just something that happens down the road. We're new creations right now. We've changed significantly and and our minds need to catch up to all the amazing things that have happened. And that's the process that we're engaged in. So I think one of the best things that we have to do is we got to learn how to get out of the way. And that's usually where we get stuck. We get in the way all the time of the process. I, um, I have this story. Some of you have heard it, but not all of you have heard it. After the hurricane hit us a few years ago, 217, almost two and a half years ago, 
So Irma came and just made a mess of everything, right? And uh, I was able to get back in just after a few days. The storm came Sunday, Monday, and I, I got back in early. I got back here on Friday and came here to the facility. First place I came. I didn't, hadn't even gone home yet. Came to the facility and we had roof damage on one end and it was just a wreck. Couldn't get in. I remember uh, I couldn't get into the door because the locks had gotten so much salt blown into them that you couldn't get a key in. I had to go find WD-40. There was nobody around. So just a big mess. And I was here and I was like, Lord, what do we do? And it was so hot. And God, you know, started to show up and a couple of people came and we, we fixed the roof temporarily in the back and we, we started kind of working on that and got the word out. We had no electricity, no water, but I wanted to meet with who was ever here. We had a service that Sunday morning at eight. It was hot. No, no, no electricity or anything, but the people that had stayed were still around and we wanted to minister to them. And, and, uh, I, I went home late that night and when I came back early Monday morning, people trying to help had, had started to leave supplies and they just had them all over the parking lot. And they were just spread all over and, and deer had gotten into some of it and it was just big mess. And I'm here by myself at that point and, and uh, I, I might have complained a little bit. And because and, uh, it was so hot, I'm like, ah, what am I going to do? And then as I, as I just kind of cried, God began to put some people together and somebody showed up and started to help me. And I, I, I felt like the next thing that the Lord said to me, listen, here's all you got to do. Open the doors, get out of the way. You do that, everything will be good. And he gave me the choice. I remember it very clear. It's one of those things I could have, because part of me wanted to just kind of shut everything in and just fix up the mess that we had here. But the Lord was real clear, open the door and get out of the way. And so we did. I did. I opened the doors and we started putting tables and a few more people came up and we got the chairs all out of the way and put tables up and supplies miraculously started coming from all over the place. And those of you here know we called it Walmart. We had the whole place filled with supplies and tables and people were here and we were feeding them. It was a very cool thing. Uh, And you couldn't have orchestrated what happened. If I had tried to orchestrate any of that, none of it would have happened. But I just got out of the way and he did it. And he is so much better at that stuff. And, and it was such a lesson for me, just not for that moment, but just it was a reminder. Listen, this is what it's supposed to look like. Open the door and get out of the way. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the, the scripture in Revelation where he's knocking at the door. If we could just figure this out really early when we let Jesus in, we ask him to be our Lord and Savior. Guess what? OK, now we get out of the way and we just yield to the Holy Spirit and let him change us in the process. And, and things would go so much better if we would only do that. But we tend to fight that a little bit. But this is the process we need to learn to get out of the way because I think we often get in the way and we, we kind of slow everything down. So we, we, uh, we, we learn to yield. You know, we actually have to press in. We, we, we're really trying to listen for the Holy Spirit, to, to look for what he's doing and, and pray. You know, show me how you want me to live today. I don't want it my way. I want it your way. And, and then let God, through the Spirit, begin to edit the way that we see things in the world around us. Because what happens is, when we come to know Christ, we still have that old mindset about a lot of things. We're still looking at life through the lens of all of our experiences and all the things that have happened to us up to that point. In fact, a lot of the things that you do on a regular basis have come from experiences that you had many, many years ago that you don't oftentimes even remember. And yet... It was part of the way that you formed, and that's how your mind continues to work and, and in the process. And sometimes, sometimes there'll be a moment of clarity as to why that's a situation. Like, uh, many years ago, um, when I was 19, I asked somebody for some help. I was in a situation where I needed help, and this, this person could have, um, but flat out refused me. 
And I remember at that moment making a, I slammed down the phone and made it, made the decision. I will never ask for help like that ever again. I'm not ever going to put myself in this position where I have to ask for help. Um, and that stuck with me for a long time. So for many, many years, that's, and that's not a good position to be in life in general where you never need anybody's help because we're created to be interdependent and we need, we're created to be dependent on him, right? And so, so we always need help. That's how we're, we're designed. It's really not good if you're a pastor to not be able to ask for help because <laughs> it's kind of the deal. <laughs> And yet, for it took me a long time, and, and one day, finally, the Holy Spirit revealed to me, you're stuck right there. You've made a vow, and it's got everything blocked. And so I had to renounce it. I just said, oh, oh God, I didn't, I didn't want that in my life. I, and I did just that. I renounced that vow. I need help, and I'll, I'll take it, all the help I can get. And, and uh, it began to change things. So, so you know, that's a, that's a moment where I realized I had something that was changing the way that I looked at everything. But there are also things that I don't always know. Um, but I'm, I'm always asking God to show me where is it that I'm stuck? What is it that's going on? What is it that I need to change in this situation? So, so experiences have shaped me in, in ways that I, I haven't always fully understood in the process. And so what you do is whenever you, you begin to notice certain emotions surfacing in your life, through experiences that you're happening, and yet you know that as a new creation, these things are not supposed to impact me that way. So, like, if you start to get really fearful, or if you start to get really angry in the process, or extremely frustrated, when I start to experience those things, that's one of the things I'll ask, is, Holy Spirit, would you just come and adjust the way that I'm thinking about these things? Because I'm thinking about them wrongly. If I'm fearful, I'm thinking about the situation wrongly. Uh, especially if it lays on me, you know, it's not how we're supposed to, how I'm supposed to live. If I'm really angry, often the times it's because I'm not thinking about a situation the way that he would have me think about it. Now, you know, I say that I need to be careful. I'm going to step back a little bit. Sometimes you, if there's some legitimate sort of fear that you can have, but you should be able to pass through it pretty quickly. It's, it's mostly there to get you in a different direction or you need to respond to something. But I'm talking about that thing that tries to lay on you and you can watch people they get stuck in fear and watch how they start acting. And fear is a horrible motivator. The decisions you make in fear are not great decisions. Maybe that first instant one is okay, but everything that comes after that, not a good situation. When I notice myself getting angry, you know, why is this angering me? And a lot of times it has nothing to do with the present situation. It's something else. It's kicking up an old filter, and I need to check it. Um, it's like, you know, I always tease about driving. Why is it that bad people's driving can make me angry? And why is it I'm so much better a driver than everybody else on the road? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, but you get it. So uh, that's really it. That's a Holy Spirit moment. Holy Spirit, why is it that this is going on? What is it? What's happened to me that, that that's there? Frustrated. Why am I so frustrated? That I don't need to be frustrated. I'm, this is, I'm on, I'm, every breath is yours. Your, my time is yours. I'm changing your pocket. What, why is it that I'm frustrated? How am I thinking about this? And ask him to change me, to adjust my thinking. And so here's the deal is that any time in, in the course of our lives, we're either in sync with the Holy Spirit or we're not. That's what we're looking at. We're either in sync or out of sync. And, and if you're experiencing those, that range of emotions that isn't really where you're supposed to be anymore, it usually means you're a little out of sync and you need to sync back up. You need to check back in. And, and listen, this is the dynamic that Paul's talking about in Romans 8, 5 and 6. 
This is powerful when you think about it in the way that we're talking about it. Those who live according to the flesh or the sinful nature have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with, their, with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. We've been talking about mindsets, right? So there it's very clearly. So you're, either your mindset is on the things of the flesh or your mindset is on the things of the spirit. And here's the two choices you end up with. The mind governed by the flesh, the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Which sounds better to you, right? And so the the reality is, if we're not experiencing life and peace in some measure, it means that that our generally what's happened is our mindset's not right. That we're we're more tuned in to the flesh than we are to the spirit. And we're not operated anymore by the flesh. That's the old self. That's the one we're taking off. That, that doesn't have control over us anymore. We may allow it to kind of come back on, but we don't need to because we're new creations. We've been changed and, and radically and miraculously changed. And what puts us back in that old thing, remember, it's the enemy that wants us in that old way of life. Because if we live in that old way of life, we lose our impact on the world. And, and we lose the ability to experience the full and abundant life that he wants for us to have. That's the heart of Jesus. I've come that they might have full and abundant life. And the enemy, what's he come to do? Steal, kill, destroy. And, and that battle is going on and we're, we're engaged in it. And the enemy's trying to steal life from us and Jesus wants us to experience life. And so the renewing of our mind comes from learning just to yield to the Holy Spirit. And just make that your practice throughout the day. And when you sense yourself getting in those things that I talked about, Holy Spirit, would you just show me what's going on? Would you help me to change my thinking? Sometimes he'll change your thinking. Sometimes he might reveal to you why you're thinking that way. And then you can do, do some business with that and get free from that. But that's what's going on in this life. And so I want you to consider that this week. And uh, next week I'm going to... Go back into the hope that we have because there's some powerful stuff in there. So, so be thinking about these verses this week and go back and read these passages of Scripture in the understanding of, of the changing and the renewing of our mind and that he's talking about ways of thinking there. Stop thinking the way that you used to. Start thinking the way that he's encouraging you to. Yield to that and then hang on to what he's shown you because he'll show you new things. And as you get them, hang on to them and keep pressing on for the rest. But that's where we're going to end it there. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. And uh, we look forward to seeing you.